1: Brought to you by TonyWCoaching.com, where your greatest success is right in front of you. This is Tony Wexler, your host, and on this podcast, we talk about positive issues to bring positive content into the world. Did you know that a staggering 92% of people who set goals never actually achieve them? Now, that's according to a study by the University of Scranton. Now, if you're like me, a driven type A entrepreneur, failing to meet goals can really set you back and leave you discouraged and frustrated. But the number one reason that people don't reach their goals is because of obstacles that get in our way. Now, some of these obstacles can be self-inflicted wounds, such as we just give up, but what about more serious obstacles? Can we truly overcome them? Now on today's podcast, my friend Sarah is going to share her story and discuss how we can overcome obstacles and reach those goals that make our lives truly meaningful. Sarah, welcome to the podcast.
0: Hi, thank you. It's such so a to be here.
1: It is great to have you today and I'm excited to get into this discussion because overcoming obstacles is something that a lot of my clients are working with doing and it's always so encouraging to hear someone else's story and how they overcame things in their life tell me a little bit about you and some of the obstacles that you've overcome i know you've got just an amazing story
0: yeah i definitely overcome a few obstacles so um at the moment i run a sales and marketing training business so it's a multiple six-figure business it's online so i work what i want i do what i want um uh, but the last maybe 12 years Leading up to this, I had a huge journey to get here. I was diagnosed with bipolar and borderline personality disorder when I was 18. And at the time I was told that I was uh, mentally disabled and 100% incurable, there was nothing that could be done and that I needed to get a disability pension. So the, the psychiatrists and the shrinks at the time didn't think that I would be able to work a normal nine to five job. I don't blame them. I was butt f crazy if I do say so (laughs) myself. um, Most of my days were spent crying, screaming, banging my head on the wall, on the floor or whatever else I could bang on to kind of stop the physical pain that was really just emotional pain inside of me. And yeah, so it was like quite a long journey to go from being that person who couldn't even you know get through a day without having a huge huge mental breakdown and shaking on the ground to where I am now where I am um, I have a successful business so no they were right I didn't work a nine-to-five job <laughs> I completely cured of all mental health issues um don't have bipolar don't have any of that um, I used to have full-blown insomnia I took any psychotics and sleeping medication for 10 years I don't take any of that anymore Um, I used to be obese, too, when I was younger, so I was quite overweight. Um, Don't have that anymore either. So there was a lot of a lot of things that had to be overcame, um, I guess, to get to here today.
1: Yeah, here today, you hear that and you you talk about those experiences that you had. And anybody who met you today on the street, face to face or on Zoom, just like we're chatting right now, would never know that you were this person that had gone through that. And I think that's what the miraculous thing is, is that you were able to overcome these things and be not only a normal life, but really you seem to have more of a, what I tend to call an extraordinary life.
0: Yeah. I mean, you you wouldn't get, I'm so grateful for the life that I have created. And I 100% had to hustle my ass off. To create this, um, but yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm, I'm healthy. I'm lean. I'm full of energy. I have a great business. I have great relationships. You would not have ten years ago. Like I was, I was on a path to to dying young, um, and I nearly mm. did a couple of times. I overdosed on any psychotics once, and I completely paralyzed myself. Um, I was laying there in the bed, and it was like a horror story. From um, you know when you see those movies where people wake up in surgery. And they can't move and they can't speak, but they're like insinuating they can feel all the pain. And so it was like that. I was completely paralyzed. My eyes were glued to the roof and I could feel my heart so hard pounding through my chest. I thought I was going to crack a rib, but clearly my body was doing everything it could to process the drugs And anything that wasn't being used to get these drugs out of my system had shut down. So I couldn't move, couldn't speak, couldn't do anything. And I was just stuck laying there in my bed, paralyzed for I don't know how long. And I could hear my mom in the other room and she didn't come in. She was like, She's been quiet for once. This is peace, you know. <laughs> like, thank f this girl's not smashing another part of the house at the moment today. Um, meanwhile, I'm like overdosing on antipsychotics um, wow. in the bedroom. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. Um, actually,
1: <laughs> I I tend to do the same thing. I call myself a D V boy sometimes because you have those squirrel moments. Squirrel. I would really like to uh, dig more into how that journey went. You were in this situation where people would have normally given up on you, right? I mean, they had written you off. Do you look at yourself today? Well, there had to be a first step in that journey to take you to where you are. So what do you think that first step was?
0: Yeah, you know, it's so hard to say what an exact first step was. But I think a first thought is that you need to want more, you really need to want more for yourself, and more for your life. Because like, for me, in the situation that i was in it was there was a lot of physical healing that needed to happen in my body to heal mentally and heal emotionally and unfortunately the studies weren't there the doctors and the science and the research didn't support it back then the solution was take a lot of drugs live doped up so you can't feel anything so you don't hurt anyone and that's it like my prognosis was to live on a disability pension and so the only person that was in my corner and was going to fight for me was me. And so to start with, you just need to want more. You need to really want more for yourself and then you need to believe that you can create more, even if everything around you and everyone around you is telling you you can't. People still comment on my social media today saying things like you can't cure bipolar, that's not possible, you know, stop spreading false hope and and all these things because in general, you know, across the world, it's considered to be incurable. And so if you are dealing with something where everyone around you is telling you that you can't do it, the first thing To making it happen is believing that you can have better for yourself and that you are the only one that can do it and being willing to put in the work to make it happen.
1: I believe it all starts with a decision. You make that decision that I'm not going to live this way. Yes, they're telling me this. They're telling me that my life is going to be this way, but that's not the life I want to live. And I've decided that this is not the way I'm going to live. But then the second part of that, I believe, and that's something that I see in you is you had the determination to make it happen. You know, when you see something that you want, you went for it. When you connected with the life that you really wanted, you made that connection. You felt that connection. You made the decision. This is what I want. And you took what you didn't want and you just pushed it aside. You know, that's a very, courageous thing to do, but I think people out there who are having a tough life or going through some obstacle, and it may not be as serious as some of the things that you went through, but going through different obstacles in their life, I think what they can learn from that is making that decision to say that I'm not going to be this way. I'm not going to go down this path. I'm going to go down the path that takes me to the right destiny. So basically you have your decision your determination, which leads you to your destiny.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, like what you're saying, is okay. Maybe someone doesn't doesn't have bipolar, but I see this day in and day out just with my clients because I'm I'm in the business space and people are starting businesses and that in itself is a big scary journey chasing dreams that maybe you've been told is not possible you know my dad always said it takes money make money you can't you're not going to be a millionaire Sarah and you're not going to do all this and we had fights there was tears there was tantrums Um, and so for most people on that kind of journey surrounded by people who don't believe they could do it it's much the same you need to decide that I can have a better future, and I can create this myself, and I'm going to do the work. And then, once you make that decision, it's not a one-off thing. You need to make that decision again and again every day. And then the next step for me, if I look back and I look at my whole process and my whole journey to coming to where I am now, the next step is immersion. And when you when you get started, right you might not have access to great coaches, successful people, healthy friends. You might be surrounded by toxic people, toxic family, toxic relationships. Um, You know, I went to a school in a lower socioeconomic area. There was a lot of drugs, a lot of fights. Uh, You know, my family lived in a suburb that was mostly housing commission. So that's um, like people don't own their houses. The government's subsiding their, their homes. So there was a lot of um, a lot of kind of like junkies and not, not such great stuff around. And so to start with, for me, my journey to getting healthy and to believing I could do better with books, that was the first thing I started with, was I started filling my head with voices that reaffirmed what I wanted to believe. Because you have to choose this belief every day, but at the same time, you will still have a 100 voices in your head saying, but I can't, but I can't, but I can't, for so long. I was running scared. I For so long, there was parts of this that was so much a part of my identity that you don't shift that overnight. You, you shift that by taking, you know, one baby step at a time and just building that belief one step at a time. If I can get to here, oh, then I can get to that next step, right? Sort of thinking I can't get all the way over here to this huge step super far away. Uh, focus on that one step and keep re- minding yourself that you need to make that decision and then fill your head with voices that are gonna reaffirm that and shift your focus to that and try to minimize the amount of content and you take in, meaning from mom or dad or whoever it is that's around you that's saying otherwise.
1: One of the things that I do with this podcast, it's called the Purposely Positive Podcast because we wanna take positivity and take that on purpose. We live a life of purpose for a purpose. And we, we look at all the negativity. You know, I see social media. We were chatting about this before we started to record. There's so much negativity out in the world on social media. And when we fill ourselves with negativity all the time, we can't help but be negative. So we want to turn around, make that shift shift our focus on the things that are positive and like you just said, reinforce the voices that reaffirm what you want to hear. And if we want to hear positive voices, you know, let's start listening to those things. Let's start reading those inspirational books those maybe biographies of people who inspire you. Maybe you can listen to podcasts with people that inspire you. Someone listening right now, you've taken a great step because you can listen to this discussion between Sarah and I hear her story. And maybe that will inspire you to say, you know what? I don't want to be taking these medications for my whole life. I want to make something of myself, but you have to do that one baby step at a time. And that's exactly where we want to go. So, you know, you took some of those steps and look at you today and you work with people in the world who are probably going through all different kinds and encountering all different kinds of obstacles. And because you've had this huge obstacle that you've overcame, how does that affect your ability to help others to overcome their obstacles?
0: Uh, I mean, I guess that kind of goes without say, right? When I when I was going through the bipolar, one one thing that really helped me was being able to connect with people who understood what the fuck I was talking about. Sorry, excuse my French if this is a swear word free that's fine. Um, podcast. that so understood what I was talking about so that you don't feel alone and you feel like that you can do this and you get this. And so um, being able to, to work with people in whatever capacity it is, like if you have a mentor or you have a coach or you have someone um, that's helping you with something, obviously you want to know that they have some experience with that and they understand that too. But And it just means that obviously I can better, I can better understand what roadblocks you're going to have and what you're going to hear, where you're going to get stuck, right? What's going to happen. I can't think of many things um, emotionally that I haven't, like there is a lot of challenges and stuff out there um, that I haven't been through. I've been very blessed, you know, in a lot of ways, I I had a very loving family. Uh, I didn't have any kind of like any physical trauma where, my family are middle class, you know, they they weren't struggling to put food on the table in that sense. So I was quite lucky in that way. Um, But emotionally having this mental disorder or mental illness for so long, there are a lot of feelings um, that I felt that I felt a lot of people in the world uh, wouldn't know what it feels like to feel so much emotions that you physically hurt, like you feel like your body is going, going to explode. And so I think going through that really helped me in learning to connect with people because what, what we go through and how we respond to things, it's all feelings. It's all, it's all feelings. Um, and then that's what drives our behaviors. That's, you know, and then our fears and our insecurities and holds us back. And so learning to process and regulate emotions is a really key thing to being able to be successful. I feel like that was a really long roundabout way of getting to that point. Um, but if you, you know, if you're trying to build a business or if you're trying to overcome a mental health problem, if you're trying to do something that's really far out of your comfort zone to leave an abusive relationship or whatever it may be, being able to process and regulate your own emotions is going to be key to creating any any kind of success. And so I'm quite blessed in a sense that I have been through what I've been through when it comes to that, because I really had to learn how to do that quite well, to be able to just get through the day sometimes um, and to be, to be here now.
1: Were there any specific techniques that you used to, uh, to process and regulate your emotions?
0: Yeah. So something that I, I really love doing and I learned this from Tony Robbins and it's probably the most, the most powerful thing that I have ever learned. So when you're dealing with things um, mentally, emotionally, in life or whatever, there's, there's two ways that you can tackle something. You can address the underlying cause and work towards fixing it or... Uh, kind of like a sort of like a band aid solution, more of a skill is you can learn to shift your focus and change your energy in that moment. It doesn't fix the problem, but what it does do is it enables you to get on with your day, get on with shit that needs to get done. So when I was working in sales, I was working in call centers or whatever, and I needed to go to work and spend eight hours selling, I couldn't spend eight hours on the ground crying. So I needed to be able to shift my emotions and change my emotional state. Even just for a few hours to get some shit done. Now, did I topple back down? Sure, because I still had an underlying problem that needed to be solved and needed to be fixed. Um, But for so many of us, you know, we might be out here building a business or whatever. And the amount of people that I speak to that have put everything on hold because they're going through a rough patch. And unfortunately, like it, If we're in a situation where we can put stuff on hold and we're blessed like that, brilliant. But a lot of the time, putting something that you're working on like a business or something on hold means that that's that's going to suffer because you're not able to regulate your own emotions and and get on with it. And if if it was a day job, right, if you just put a day job on hold for four months, well, they'd fire you. (laughs) you can't can't do that and so um, for me the biggest thing that I learned um, which was from Tony Robbins was how to shift my state emotionally and for everyone there's a lot of different ways to doing it but um, changing your physiology is a really powerful way and it needs to first you need to start with the same thing that we started this interview with is you've got to want to change your state Right. Um, you have to want to be in a different emotional state because most of the time it's easier to stay sitting in our pain, curled up in bed with some chocolate or whatever. You got to want to shift that and go and do the work. Um, but then if you do um, shifting your physiology is such a powerful way to shift your psychology. And so um, when I when I used to sell timeshare. Um, there was quite a few times where, and timeshare for anyone who doesn't know what it is, it's like a holiday home buy-in type thing. It's like 20 to 100 grand, a very expensive sale. It's also an on-the-spot sale to a cold couple who have agreed that they don't want to buy this. And so it's a hard sell. Um, and you've got, to be, you've got your head games got to be on, right? And I would go from sitting on the ground in the back of the office crying and shaking to needing to go sell this $20,000 product. And so I would stand up in my high heels, tears rolling down my eyes. I would look at my, I had pictures like affirmations and a vision board and that crap and a little book at work. I would look <laughs> at that and I would jump up and down on the spot while staring at it. And I would jump up and down until all of a sudden I felt so stupid that I started laughing. And then when I felt stupid and I started laughing, that was an immediate shift in my emotional state. And then I was able to wipe the tears away walk out and be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I just had a coughing fit. How are you? Let's get to it. And my shape was, my state was shifted. Um, and so there's there's a lot of ways that you can do it. I know a lot of people do like incantations and they yell and they scream and they do things in the mirror and, and whatnot. Uh, find, find what works for you. But the truth is that no matter what the heck is happening in your life right now, we 1000% always have the ability to shift our state and to change the way that we're feeling in any given moment, even if the negative feelings come flooding back later. You know, even if everything hits hits the fan or whatever later, that that will happen again. But if you don't have the ability intermittently to be able to shift your state and process those emotions and and focus them elsewhere, then it becomes really hard to stay on path, uh, moving towards what you're trying to create in the life that you're trying to build.
1: No, that's really great advice. I'm I'm a big fan of Tony Robbins myself. In fact, sometimes they refer to me as the other Tony. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, I've been to some of his seminars, and it's just amazing the way you see people. You know, you see people jumping up and down and changing their physiology, and people think that these people are crazy, but that's exactly what they're doing. They're changing their state. They're pumping themselves up. You watch yeah. any good athlete; they're going to pump themselves up before they go out to perform what they're going to perform we really have to do that in our lives too one of the best videos that i'd recommend if you like to watch ted talks on youtube you can look this up look up amy cuddy and i've suggested this before if you've heard this on the podcast it's a it's a rerun for you but amy cuddy c-u-d-d-y ted talk and she talks about the wonder woman pose And if you've ever seen the movies with Wonder Woman, who stands with, yes, who stands with her uh, arms on her side, there's just that pose. But the other thing is, don't just put the arms there. You have to lift your chest up and your solar plexus to a certain level. And it's that really confident pose. There's another version of it called victory pose. And if you've ever watched an athlete who's ever one like a race you know a triathlon or something and they run through the ribbon at the end of a race and they've got their arms thrust way up in the air and it's the same pose so if you do that and i tell people this i teach people how to nail a job interview and one of the things i tell them is before you go to that interview go into the to the restroom and you know hide in the stall if you have to so nobody sees you But lift your arms up in the victory pose. Do that Wonder Woman pose for exactly three minutes. And when you walk out of there, your confidence, your testosterone will be increased. Your cortisol, which is your stress hormone, will be decreased. And you'll walk into that interview and they will people will be able to tell that there's something different about you because you. Changed your state. So take me back to this when you were selling these timeshares, because yes, I'm very familiar with timeshares. I don't know about people in the audience, but they're very expensive. And I'm sure they were not the easiest things to sell. So you really had to be in the right state of mind to be able to go out and do that. And to be able to do that, and I'm sure it was successful for you because you wouldn't have been in that business. You were able to walk out of a situation where you were totally falling apart emotionally with tears down your eyes. And I'm just picturing this and I'm picturing you standing up, you know, in your heels and doing this thing and then walking out and knocking their socks off and selling them a timeshare. And it's just to me, that's uh, that's just an amazing thing. Is there anything that that went through your mind after when you walked back, when you walked out of the room after you sold that timeshare? I mean, how how were you feeling?
0: Yeah, I mean, I did go from crying to selling. (laughs) That did happen um, plenty of times, but it. I guess like afterwards, I I made a sale. Right? I made a commission. I made a sale. I feel good, and so um, most people, what they will allow is they will allow their circumstances only to be what determines their feelings and their emotions. Obviously, after I just made a sale, I felt awesome. Yes. I'm on top of the world. My feelings are good, and they're steady for a little while. Well, I'll probably get home later that night and have another breakdown. Um, I was you know, I was at the peak of my bipolar at that point. I was 19 and I was obsessed, obsessed with selling. I'd been doing it, um, I guess, for about a year at that point. And I had been reading a lot of books, reading a lot about mental health, reading a lot about sales, psychology, connecting, and I was really into it. And the only reason that I even kept that job for as long as I did I actually got fired for punching my manager um, but that was after getting a lot of chances because I was really good and they obviously saw a lot of potential in me because I was just I was undeterred when I was on I was on um, but it 100% it all came down to being able to shift my focus um, and there's a bit of a thing in the sales space if you are in proper cold sales spaces it's like a leave your bullshit at the door type thing like when you come to work leave your home problems at the door and a lot of people would get really annoyed about things like that being said and feel like, well, that's just that's just mean, you know, I've got life or I've got this going on. But the truth is you can't bring your problems to a sale. A sale, in my opinion, selling is like the highest form of service. And I don't know where I read that or heard that somewhere, but you are holding space for someone even more than coaching, because when you're holding space for someone in a coaching environment, you have permission To guide them, you have permission to coach them, to politely slap them. You have rapport, you have trust, you have a relationship. In a sales scenario, especially a cold sales scenario where you just met someone and you're about to ask them for 20 grand, 90 minutes later, you don't have this coaching relationship. So you have to hold space, you have to remove ego, you have to connect and build rapport. It is a very emotionally draining also very rewarding activity. And so you do need to be able to know how to leave your crap behind and understand that I can come back to that BS and that drama later. And so I really can't, I can't think of anything more powerful that I've learned over the years than just to be able to shift my state whenever I want, right? Whenever I want, any minute, any moment, any time to be able to choose, this is what I'm going to focus on and this is how I'm going to feel. And the more you choose to practice something like that, the better you'll get at it. The less energy it will take, the less time it will take. It doesn't, I don't need to jump up and down on the spot now. I don't need to do a whole whole routine or anything to be on. It's been, um, I don't know, 12 years of practicing going from on the ground to selling. So now when my base level of happiness is already really high, to go to being on, it's just like this tiny little tweak mm-hmm. It's like a tiny little micro adjustment compared to what it was back then. Um so I think that it's a skill that can be practiced, that can be learned, um, and is really, really valuable.
1: That's awesome. Now I truly believe that everyone needs to know how to control their state and how to take that and make it work for them. But I have another question regarding your experiences with overcoming your whole bipolar experience. I'm curious if you were able to use the things that you learned from that experience to help you to overcome other things.
0: Um, I think the things I learned from that really helped me to build the resilience to get to where I am now. So um, starting, starting the business that I have now, even though I had, I don't know, nine years sound experience and I was really good at what I did. I started and I, I didn't sign a client for a year. So I really, I really struggled building this online business for quite some time and it, I didn't have mindset issues and it wasn't that I hadn't invested or anything like that. I just was really struggling to to figure it out, put it all together with the coaches and the programs and stuff that I had. And I think for a lot of people, you know, one year into a journey where shit's not working and you, you get pretty deflated and you start to either accept defeat or you start to get quite negative and you become quite... Pessimistic, or you don't trust anything that anyone is saying or trying to show you, and that in turn doesn't help you to grow. And so, having been through so much at a young age, I think I really had the resilience to be able to build a business without struggling with feeling like I wouldn't be able to make it or I wouldn't be able to do it, or um, whatever it may be. And I think, um, I think also having been through that journey a key part of healing from that was to physically heal I was physically sick and so I think another huge challenge that people have two really big challenges when it comes to starting business so I would say my biggest challenges and things that I've overcome and, and worked for in my life is my my physical and mental health and my business and my my current lifestyle and two really huge things that people tend to struggle with when it comes to building a business is one and they don't realize it they actually don't have the energy and the mental clarity to to get shit done like they don't realize it but they physically aren't as healthy as they need to be to have the energy to constantly you know like you get knows all the time more shit goes wrong than it goes right like you need to be resilient um mentally but also physically and so I think um one thing that they struggle with being that the mental resilience that just needs to be practiced and the other one is just the physical the physical energy required like if you're going to work a full-time job and a day job and grow this thing on the side well you need to be healthy because you need to think clearly You need to hold space for people. You need to work long hours sometimes to get stuff going. And most people, they're too busy thinking about how can I get more done in less time? What they should be thinking about is how can I be more productive or more efficient? And most of the time, that's by having more physical, emotional energy and clarity, which comes from being healthy.
1: That's a great point. I truly believe that rest and rejuvenation is something that we overlook because we're striving so hard to get success. I think it's really important that we make time to do those things in our life.
0: Yeah, and I, I do that, right? I, I schedule in um, times to go for walk, I schedule in times that I'm not, days that I won't work, afternoons that I won't work. Um, so I do, I work a lot, I love what I do, I'm obsessed with it. Um, there's two things that I really, really love. One is like outdoor high adrenaline adventure activities, and the other one is work. Those like, I'm just, that's the only two things that I'm ever going to be doing. And so I am working at home as well and being in COVID and being locked down, it can be very easy to just work 24 seven. And so I do schedule time. Um, and I think the key here though, don't just schedule the time is you actually need to remove the guilt out of not being productive during that time too especially if you are a type a personality it feels like you need to always be getting stuff done because if you come back from that afternoon off or that day off but you spent the entire time feeling guilty about not working then emotionally you're you're actually just more drained pressure on yourself to be should have been getting more done should have been thinking about this should have been thinking about that whereas like if you actually allow yourself the time to switch off and you can come back and you can have more energy and you can feel clearer. And if you put a focus on like be, being healthier um, so that you do like, I I think um, for me, the reason that I realized the value that this has is um, with with the bipolar, with health issues, I had full-blown insomnia. And I don't think anyone really understands what it's like to build a successful business and be working with Holding space for people, helping people, learning new skills, new things that you're not good at, that you don't understand, you don't know how to do, operating on a brain that's never, ever had a proper full night's sleep. It's quite the challenge. And so I think uh, for me, like getting physically healthy, I really saw the impact that that was having. On my ability to be successful. And I feel like that is something that's really overlooked in this space. When people are trying to overcome challenges in business, trying to overcome the challenge of even just starting a business or mindset issues, if you're physically healthy, you are more equipped to deal with stress, you are more equipped to learn to process and regulate your emotions, you have clearer energy, you know, it's the difference between running on premium or unleaded, right. And it makes a huge difference. And I do feel like it's it's massively overlooked when it comes to being able to deal with obstacles. We look for the the quick, tangible, physical um, to do's like a way to schedule my a way to schedule my day or a way to do this or a way to do that. But if you just got up and you felt good and you felt energized and you were ready just to sit in front of your to do list and do it, and then by lunchtime, you'd done it and you felt really great. Oh, how different your life would be.
1: You know, let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, the whole insomnia and how you managed to overcome that.
0: Um, So I could, you know, I could talk about this for a really long time. There is a lot of things um, and it's just, it's just like business. It's just like health. It's just like bipolar. There is a million things connecting to this problem. And there's so many ways that we need to come at it and address it and pinpoint where the underlying issues are. So um, most of your sleep hormones and neurotransmitters are made in the gut. So for most people, say the reason that I had bipolar and borderline personality disorder and insomnia, um, not 100% the insomnia, but definitely the mental issues, was because I had massively damaged my gut with huge amounts of antibiotics and I was eating foods um, that were essentially poisoning me. Um, and so firstly, like the physical component of healing that. Um, another thing that was, that is huge for me with my sleep is I have an MTHFR gene defect, Um, This gene defect apparently is common in about 50% of the Western population, there's different variants of it. So what this means in a simplified form is that your body doesn't convert B vitamins very well. So depending on how, what type of defect you have and to what degree you have it, you may still be converting some B vitamins, but not super great. That is actually really important for a lot of neuropathways. It's really important for detoxification, really important for your body to be able to relax mental clarity. And, and mental health to be able to process and use those emotion um, um, vitamins in your body, and so for me, I just take a supplement that is an already converted form of B twelve. Um, so it's methyl methyl something B twelve already converted. Um, that is a huge thing as well. So one the gut health to that as well. Um, the next thing, if you've been struggling with sleep for a really long time. Is um, you start to develop an anxiety around going to sleep. So you've got the physical component, and then you have the mental and emotional component. Um, I found for me the mental and the emotional component. Yes, whilst it was really hard. If I was once I fixed the physical component, it got easier to train the mental and the emotional side of things. Like I physically was not creating the correct amount of the neurotransmitters that I needed to fall asleep. I. For over 10, maybe close to 15 years, if I wasn't on very sedative um, medications, I slept about seven hours in a week. When I say I have full-blown insomnia, I mean I have full-blown insomnia. Like I would, and I came off these meds once, I tried to quit them years ago, and I have quit them now. been off them for, it's almost 12 months. Um, I'm really excited about that. But the first time I tried to quit them before I'd addressed all these health issues that I had, I didn't sleep for a week. And I went to work every day that week and I made sales. (laughs) And then I rocked up to my parents on the weekend, bawling my eyes out. Um, And so you need to address the physical, the physical issues for a lot of people. A lot of people just have gut health problems are not creating the neurotransmitters that they need. And then when you start to address that, then we need to address the psychological component that has developed because most people aren't born with sleeping problems. Um, if you have that gene effect, Mum did say that I never really slept much as a kid, but they got worse and worse because they got exacerbated by lifestyle and exacerbated by gut issues and then exacerbated by anxiety from not sleeping. And so when it comes to fixing the emotional side of things, um, a really good, A really good discipline around your sleep routine, going to bed um, and not having any technology in there, getting up at the same time, no matter how tired you are, refusing to nap. Um, And then there's just other things you can do, whether it be writing out all your to dos before bed so you don't have stuff on your mind, uh, whether it be listening to guided meditations um, or whatever. Like once you heal yourself and you're physically able to sleep better, and you start, same with other things, you start proving to yourself that you can do it, the anxiety will become less and less like sometimes sure i still have nights where i lay there a little bit longer than other nights um i get excited about things to be honest (laughs) i've done that but for the most part i now know that when i go to bed i go to sleep and so your body also knows that this is time to sleep and so there's there's a lot of different ways to come at that. Um, Light therapy. Light therapy is really powerful. So the natural sunlight um, affects your circadian rhythm, right? So this is just another thing that can impact it. And then also the different hormones and things that are created at different times during the day. And so um, better than having a coffee if you're tired during the day is actually go for a walk in the sun. Um, Get sunlight first thing in the morning. When I was When I was coming off the meds last year, I did this really intense sleep reduction therapy. And so what it meant was that I wasn't allowed to be in bed if I wasn't sleeping. And so I wasn't going to bed until the middle of the night because they suggest not pushing it past five hours. So I'd go to bed at 12, I'd get up at five. And the idea is that I was not allowed to go to bed earlier until I started falling asleep. And then I would push out my bedtime by 15 minutes, by 15 minutes each day until I was sleeping through the night. And um, one thing that I would do when I get up in the morning because I hadn't slept for five hours, I'd been in bed for five hours, hadn't slept, felt like crap, I'd go and spend half an hour in the sun whilst I had my coffee and that actually does give you energy. It does wake you up. And in the middle of the day, it's so much better than pumping yourself full of caffeine that at the end of the day, leaves you more wired and struggling to sleep again.
1: That's amazing. It really is. Definitely. I know we're getting to our time here and we could probably go on for another hour and go around at this because there's so many things that we can discuss. I didn't even think we would get into insomnia uh, when we started doing this interview. So that's, that's a huge thing. And I've talked about that other podcasts and also the, eating, what you put into your body is so important. And so many of us, we put in junk. I mean, I personally, I eat a completely plant-based diet because I feel that that is the healthiest for me. And I have to take B12 as well, because that's one of the nutrients that we don't get in a plant-based diet. But we're not talking about diet here. We're talking about overcoming obstacles. So now you help people in the business world overcome their obstacles and help them to have more successful businesses. So tell me a little bit about what you do for your clients. And if people wanted to reach out to you, how would they do that?
0: Um, Yeah, I do. So I work with anyone who wants to sell high end services or programs So. could be coaches, consultants, other trainers, um, people in similar kind of spaces who want to who want to build an online business, right? And so I help you guys to build your business, build your audience, join at leads, make sales, and then all the fun stuff that comes after you actually start signing clients because there's a whole new world of problems <laughs> that arise once that happens. And I mean, if you guys want to come and hang out and check it out, you can find me on Facebook, on my personal page. It's just Sarah Anne. Um, and my Facebook group is called Steps to Six Figures for Coaches, Consultants, and Trainers.
1: I will post that information in the podcast notes, so if you're listening, you've probably already seen it, and also in the Strive to Thrive group so that you can reach out to Sarah. One more question before we go. What does being purposely positive mean to you? Oh,
0: you told me you were gonna ask me about this, but then we were talked about all this other stuff. I didn't even get to think about it. Um, I think for me, and this might be a really common a common answer that comes up, but it's not it's not choosing to ignore the negative things, or ignore the challenge, or ignore the frustrations or the hard things. But it is choosing to recognize the shit stuff for what it is, and then realigning your focus to the silver lining, to what you can control, to what you can get out of a situation. Like sometimes you're just dealt a shitty freaking hand, you know, like I was dealt a shitty hand and I was told that that was it. This is the hand you got and this is the life that you're going to have. Um, And to believe otherwise probably at the time seemed quite ignorant Um, I wasn't, wasn't about to, I couldn't pretend I didn't have it, (laughs) pretend I didn't have all of these problems. Same with business, right? Like when shit hits the fan and something could happen that could cost you tens of thousands of dollars, like you can make, I have made costly mistakes with a lot of things, um, and it sucks and it's stressful, um, but you can choose to get wrapped up in that, or you can choose to acknowledge the situation for what it is. And then realign your focus um, to the bigger picture, to the long-term, to what you can do and how you can grow through it. And I think that that probably sums up what I feel being purposely positive is.
1: I like the thought of growing through it because we get to choose how we react to things. We can't choose what happens to us, but we can choose how we react and how we act and the steps that we take. Like I talk about in my ebook, Strive to Thrive, we can choose the negative path or the positive path. And we have that choice. And I think overcoming obstacles has a lot to do. And we talked about it at the beginning of the podcast, making a decision, but it's also about making the right choices. So, Sarah, this has been an awesome discussion. I know we could probably go a lot longer, but for the sake of keeping the listeners to that half hour, 35 minute mark, I'm going to kind of cut things short. But I would love to have you back again sometime and to discuss a different issue or really anything that comes up, because uh, I think you and I could probably... Sit over a cup of coffee or whatever other adult beverage we decide to pick, and uh, and have just a fun conversation. So, uh, thanks again for being on the show today.
0: Thank you. I'm I'm super grateful that you wanted to have me here, and I hope that this helps somebody listening today.
1: And you've been listening to Strive to Thrive, the purposely positive podcast brought to you by TonyWCoaching.com, where your greatest success is right in front of you. Now, you may be out there struggling in your life and striving to make ends meet, striving to make a living for yourself, striving to overcome those obstacles. Well, we have a free resource on our website tonywcoaching.com. It's an ebook, Strive to Thrive, and you can download that and that will start you in the direction of a purposely positive life.